Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Why don't you turn to Jeremiah 17, because maybe we'll end up there. We'll be quoting it, if not reading it. Why 40 days and why 50 days? 40 and 50. Well, Father, we just pray you open our eyes to peel wonderful things from your word. Speak to us through your word. In Yeshua's name, we pray. And we thank you for this time we're having with you. Amen. Gal inaiva avitani b'shem Yeshua. Today we are over halfway through counting the... Uh, of the Omer between Passover and Pentecost, Pesach and Shavuot. It's the 30th day today. So Yeshua ascended after 40 days, we know. And God willing, we'll be speaking about that ascension next Shabbat, next week. So, and why it's so important. Um, but so at this time, picture it, 2,000 years ago, Yeshua was still showing himself to be alive after his suffering through many convincing proofs, appearing to them for 40 days, it says in Acts 1-3, and speaking about the kingdom of God. Now, I know there's a present kingdom, but I think the context there is really speaking about the coming kingdom, the messianic kingdom. <clears throat> Death had been defeated, and he was demonstrating it. Isaiah 25, verse 8 says, He will swallow up death forever. My Lord Adonai will wipe away tears from every face. Aren't you looking forward to that? Hosea 13, 14 says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, where are your plagues? O Sheol, where is your sting? So for 40 days, appearing to them, speaking with them about God's kingdom. Now, why 40? Why 40? Well, in the Bible, 40 has a, a, a lot of significance. Rain fell for 40 days and 40 nights during the flood. The mabul is the word for flood in Genesis 7-4. And it was, think of it, a time of waiting, time of waiting, time of praying and enduring. Uh, all the animals on the ark, the noisy animals, it must have been a difficult time, but they're on the ark and the powerful stormy rains, the motions of the ark up and down in the water, and the smells. <laughs> um, but it was a, a time, really, of waiting, waiting for what would happen when those waters would subside. Moses on the Mount of Sinai, he was there for 40 days, 40 nights. Exodus twenty four eighteen tells us, receiving the covenant. So apprehension. Where's Moses? You know, what's taking so long? Apprehension. 
connected with this number 40. Before commencing his active ministry, Yeshua fasted and was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights in the Judean desert. Matthew 4, Luke 1, uh, Mark 1, and Luke 4 also. And so this was a time of preparation. He was preparing, and he was being prepared through testing to start his ministry. That was connected to 40 days. 40, preparation, testing. So 40 indicates, listen, monumental change. The number monumental change. It indicates transition, a major shift, new direction, major change. Moses was 40 when he left Egypt, when he fled Egypt to Midian. He was 80 years old when, he, when God had, led him, uh, had him lead the Israelites out of slavery. And then how old was he when he died? 120, 120, another 40, we know. So there was a shift and a change, a new direction, the meaning of 40. The Jewish people wander 40 years in the desert until the next, only the next generation could enter the promised land. The 40 years in the Bible is the same, is the time rather, for a new generation to rise, according to Numbers 14 and 32, 13. So for 40 days and 40 nights, the prophet Elijah had to walk without eating before he got to Mount Horeb, where the Lord would give him major directions on what he was to do concerning the Israelites, 1 Kings 19. 40 days, 40 nights. Again, this 40. And then the Lord gave him direction, major direction. Another 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown, warned Jonah in Jonah chapter 3, verse 4. A destruction would come if the people didn't repent and there would be a major change for the city. But it wasn't destroyed because of the different major change as the, a different major change because the people of Nineveh, what did they do? They, they repented. They believed God, it says, and they repented in Jonah 3, 5. So it was different. God, and you never know what God will do. Uh, you know, they had, Jonah thought, you know, God says it's going to, you know, you're going to destroy, you're going to, he's going to destroy you, but God, they repented. So a change of plans. And we always have to be ready for a shift of different than the plan that we have, right? But 40 is a monumental, means a monumental change is one way of looking at it. A transition, a major shift, a new direction, a major change. Yeshua was showing himself after his death, after his, and his resurrection to be absolutely alive after having been slain to many, many disciples all throughout Israel and over this period of 40 days. And so now, another change or transition is about to take place at the 40. What's about to take place? A major shift, a new major direction. What's about to take place? Well, his ascension. His ascension. And it's going to be a major change, a huge change, a huge shift. So more on that next Shabbat and why it's so important. Because it's, it is. It's amazing. 
Now, Shavuot is coming in less than three weeks. And Shavuot, by the way, means, what does it mean? Weeks, right? Shavuot, Shavuot is a week in Hebrew. Shavuot is weeks. And it's really named for the seven weeks between Passover and uh, Shavuot or Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. And so we need to be praying daily. And I think there's a, there's a maybe some of you know about it, um, but there's a prayer. I, I didn't realize there's prayer going on on, I think, the 28th of May all over, you know, about all over for the salvation of Israel. So we need to join in in that. We need to be praying daily. Our crop outcome and our harvest depends upon it. You know, Francis mentioned a verse to me actually on the way over here. We were talking about, you know, I, I mean, I was thinking if AI can do, if humans can create all things with AI, I mean, and, and you know, people think like, oh, it's nothing's going to be impossible. What can God do, right? I mean, and we're not trusting in AI, artificial intelligence, that, by the way, that means, but we're not trusting in AI or Google. We're trusting in the Lord, right? We put our trust in the Lord. But, you know, we, it's, it's a co-laboring effort. And I, the verse I was saying, she mentioned Hebrews 5, 7, it says that Yeshua offered up both prayers and pleas with loud crying and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. It's an interesting verse, isn't it? I mean, I've heard, thought of it before. It's kind of interesting. Why did he have to pray that way with loud crying and with loud cries and tears, pleas and prayers, you know? So if he needed to pray that way, we, can certainly, we certainly need to pray that way. It's not like, well, God will do what he's going to do anyway. Well, he is, but he's going to do it with us, you know? We're a part of it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they lay, those that build labor in vain. So we're building, and it's the Lord that's going to do it, but he's doing it through us. We're laboring with him. We're doing it with him, you know, and we're depending on him, but we're also doing our, our part. And it's a co-laboring. We're laborers together, 1 Corinthians 6, 2, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, and I think it's 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, laborers together, workers together with God. It's a partnership. Amen? Weather, weather. It changes so much here in Middle Tennessee, doesn't it? I love it. I really do. I really like it. So really, it's how we look at things, right? <laughs> it's how we look at things, you know. But seriously, I remember when, when uh, they offered me a congregation in uh, near the L.A. area, and the fellow leaving there, he said he got depressed when he was living there. But he said because the weather was always the same, and he had moved from another place. He said, and he, he says, I actually went into depression, a depressed state for a while because the weather never changed. And I always thought of that. He was from another state. I lived in southeast Florida. We lived, and I love, you know, there's great things. The food is great. But the, everything was flat, you know. And I thought, and the maps, everything is like perpendicular. Like, and I thought, that must do something to your brain that, you know, because there's no, there's no hills, in there, except the landfills, the only hills, you know. <laughs> So, but, <laughs> but there, I thought that must do something to your brain because the, the creativity, it must, I bet it hurts the creativity because you're never, you know, everything is just always the same, you know. I'm glad, you know, uh, for, for, for things that challenge and, and that things shift and change. But with all our power to control so much, we cannot control the weather, right? And as I said, with artificial intelligence uh, changing the economic landscape and the medical advances we have and health knowledge, we still cannot stop droughts or floods or tornadoes or hurricanes. We can't. And the farmers in biblical times understood that they were dependent upon God 
and praying to him for the ultimate welfare and outcome of their crops. We have limitations, all of us. We have limitations. During the 50 days between Passover and Shavuot in the land of Israel, we are getting ready to transition to summer. The barley harvest is ending. The wheat harvest is approaching. And you have the cold northern winds and rain or the scorching heat of the southern wind. They call it hamsin. It's an Arabic word, actually. It's from hamashim, same as hamashim in Hebrew, for 50. And uh, I remember when we first, when we lived there, and, and the first one came, and our friend Michael Michael, he said, he says, you, he says your mouth, you're all drying out now, aren't you? You're getting all parched. He says, that's hamsin. It's, a, it's coming from the desert, this dry, and you just dry completely out, and you've got to keep hydrating yourself because it's very dangerous. But in Israel, you have these differences, and they're very extreme. Each of these 50 days, listen, can bear either blessing to the crops or irreparable disaster. A lengthy danger-filled period ending with the wheat harvest and with shouts of joy but daily trepidation for the fate of the crops in which so much toil had been invested. So the farmers of the land in biblical times and still today in some measure, in certain measure, would, land, would count off each day with great trepidation and prayers to get through these 50 days without crop damage. The grain crop, what is the grain crop? The two cro grains, wheat Right, wheat and barley, right? And for the blossoming, pollination, and early development of the fruit of the rest of the seven varieties. The seven varieties are species. Dates, figs, olives, pomegranates, grapes, okay? Especially the grape and the olive. The northern wind benefits, listen, the northern wind benefits the wheat when it's reached a third of its ripening, but damages the olive trees when they have blossomed. The southern wind damages the wheat when it's reached a third of its ripening, but benefits the olives when they have blossomed. Only in the end of the counting of the omer comes release from the apprehension and tension expressed in the offering of new grain from the just harvested wheat. Fascinating, isn't it? So ultimately, we are dependent upon God for the outcome. And we can only do our jobs and then pray. Our plans can be frustrated. Our dreams can be dashed and disappointed at any time. But ultimately, we rely upon the Lord and place no confidence. I love Philippians 3.3. 3. I hadn't thought of it in a long time. We place no confidence in the flesh. Paul said, no confidence in the flesh. We worship by the Spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim, and glory in Messiah Yeshua, and have not depended on the flesh. We have limitations. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, as I said, the builders, we quoted it earlier, the builders work in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guard watches in vain. But he's watching. But it's in vain, unless the Lord's doing it, ultimately overseeing, watching. In vain do you get up early and put off going to bed working hard to earn a living, for he provides for his beloved, I love this, even when they sleep. It's the complete Jewish Bible, beautiful translation. Even when they sleep, he provides his beloved. Praise God.
Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, Yet another thing I observed under the sun, that the races, races aren't won by the swift or battles by the strong, and that food doesn't go to the wise or wealth to the intelligent or favor to the experts. Rather, time and chance rule them all. And I realize Kohelet or Ecclesiastes, we realize it's written in a, with a sense of life under the sun, you know, and you have to look over the sun. It's just, it depends. You have to look at context there. But, but it's, uh, it's fascinating. wisdom still in it. Jeremiah 17, though, says this, and I told you to t you could turn there earlier. 17, 5 through 8 says, Thus says Adonai, a couple of some of my favorite verses. I remember Arthur Katz speaking on these years ago as a young believer. Cursed is the one. It's gever in Hebrew. The man, curses the man, gever, it uses gever, and then a different word for man, Adam, next. Curses, cursed is the man who trusts, batach, three times, batach is used, trusts, feels secure, you're, you're secure, you're trusting, in Adam, and depends, his strength is in the flesh, as, in, on the flesh, his, his arm is the arm of flesh, whose heart turns from the Lord, from Adonai, for he'll be like a bush in the desert. He cannot see good when it comes but he'll dwell in the parched places of the desert, a salt land where no one lives. Blessed, Baruch, blessed is the one who trusts, Batach, in Adonai, in the Lord, whose Batach, whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted. And the word is replanted, by the way, here and in Psalm 1, Shatul. Let's say the word Shatul. I don't have it to show you, but Shatul, it doesn't mean just planted. It's replanted. God has to uproot us to replant us. And that's painful. He, it's painful. He uproots us so he can replant us. We have to die so that we can live. Amen. He says he, he will be like a tree that's replanted by the waters, spreading out its roots by a stream. And he shall, I love this, he shall not fear when the heat comes. It can also be he won't see when the heat comes. He doesn't see the heat when it comes. But its leaves will be green. It does not and will not be anxious or worry in the year of drought, nor depart from yielding fruit. So we're connected to the source, connected to the source, far superior to AI. Despite the fact that barley does not ripen at the same time throughout the various regions in the land of Israel, God commanded that all the farmers bring the barley offering, the omer, to the temple on the same day during the Feast of Unleavened Bread or Matzot. This served as a tremendous unifying force. One people bringing the one crop on one date to the one temple, to the one God, in the one city, Jerusalem. Isn't that isn't interesting? Isn't that fascinating? We are many parts in one body as the body of Messiah with different functions and different gifts. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 describe it. Just as we have many parts in one body, all the parts don't have the same function. We're many, one body Messiah, everyone parts of one another. We have gifts differing, according to the grace given to us. Just as the body's one, many parts, all the parts of the body, though many, one body also is, is Messiah, one spirit, we were all immersed into one body, made to drink of the one spirit, the body, not one part, but many. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. A father and daughter were, had met with a young new preacher, the story has it, uh, Reverend Simeon, at their parish, and 
the daughter, as they came away from the meeting, the daughter is a very young preacher, and the daughter said to her father, she said, boy, he's so brash, he's so arrogant. And the dad told the daughter, he says, I want you to go, we're walking, they're walking by a, a, an orchard, and he said, I want you to pick a peach from the tree, from one of these, from this tree. And she, she did, but she said, why do you want me to pick this unripe, it's so un, it's not ready, it's unripe fruit. And her dad told her, he said, yes, my dear, it's green, green now, but we must, we have to wait. And a little more sun and a few more showers, and this peach will be ripe and sweet. So it is with Reverend Simeon. And this man, Reverend Simeon, ended up having 50 very fruitful years of ministry in Cambridge, England. We ripen with time. We ripen with hard knocks, don't we? Humblings. God gives the growth. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 and 7. I planted, Paul says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. So neither the planter nor the water, waterer is anything but God, only God who makes things grow. The fruit comes through time. Maturity comes through time. Ripening comes through time. The water of the word, the power of the spirit working together. We need the word of God. That's what seasons us. That's what ripens us, I, should, I mean to say. And the water and the Spirit of God on the, more, on the Word, the Spirit of God through the Word of God. Both need to work together. Uh, the water of the Word, Ephesians 5.26. Now are you clean through the Word I've spoken to you. Now are the washing of the water of the Word, Ephesians 5.26. Psalm 119, verse 9, uh, again. Uh, and the Spirit of God. It says we, the rebirth. talks about the renewal in the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God. Uh, hovered over the waters in Genesis 1-2. So the two work together. We need the word. And Psalm 1 says this, Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Maybe you've memorized this psalm. I know it's one of the first, one of the first psalms I try to you know, put to memory. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You make a decision which... Where are you going to walk? Not the wide road to destruction, but the narrow road. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, the Torah of the Lord. And in his Torah, in his instruction, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. Here it is, a tree replanted, shatul, replanted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And I love that. It's bi'ito in Hebrew. Brings forth his fruit, it's bi'ito, in his time, in God's time, in the right time, in, our t in your time. But, you know, it's not our time. It's not the time you think, but it's in time, in its time. Whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The tree replanted because of, but word of God need the word of God. You know, we receive with meekness, with humility, the implanted word. It's able to save our souls in James 1.21. We bring forth fruit with patience in, James, in Luke 8.15. That word patience, hupomeno in the Greek, means to, to remain under. Stay under the trial. Stay under the until you get through it and don't quit. Don't quit when the going gets rough. Don't quit. Don't turn away from the Lord. Don't turn away from, don't give up your faith. Actually, go just 
Go through, endure through it, trust him through it, and you come through and you'll bring forth fruit with hupomeno in Luke 8.15. One trait noted by a leader about ripening, and I'll close with this, uh, he mentions mature believers stop pointing out everybody else's sins and start confessing their own. Someone said, I know I'm experiencing a fresh touch of God when I stop confessing everyone else's sins and I start confessing my own. D.L. Moody, great quote here, he said, I've had more trouble with myself than any other man I've ever met. <laughs> Isn't that a good one? Uh, well, the Apostle Paul himself, the Shiliach Paul, he said, this grace was given to me, the very least of his of the saints. I'm the least of the saints. I'm less than the least of all the saints, Ephesians 3.8. I'm the chief of sinners. The, the, the word in 1 Timothy 1.15, protas in Greek. I'm the first. I'm the first. I'm the worst. I'm the first. I'm the worst of sinners, and he saved me. Messiah came into the world to save sinners. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. That's, he really felt that. He wasn't just saying it. He really said, I'm the worst. And if we don't feel that about ourselves, it's because there's pride. It's because we think we're not better than others. We're worse. You're worse. I'm worse. You know, that's why it's not hard to, to, to love and to be patient with someone else. So let's persevere through the 50 days to reach the harvest time. There's northern winds. There's southern winds. We're going to mature at different times. Things are going to affect uh, differently, different in different areas. But, but, the, but the growth will come from the Lord and he will bring the fruit in time. So, Father, we just thank you and praise you for many lessons that come through this beautiful holiday of Shavuot that we're coming to and this period we're in now of counting until it, or some way counting. And we, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. If you've never trusted Yeshua, you haven't made that initial step of saying yes to God. I humble myself. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you that Yeshua came. You came to die for me. Come, in, come into my life. Save me. Do it now. Say, Lord, save me. Rescue me. Come into my life. If you're watching online, please contact us, and we'll contact you back. And uh, we'd like to engage with you and help you with some, any material, any way, or direct you to where you can have fellowship with other believers that love God. Follow Yeshua. We thank you. We love you, Lord. We bless your name. Yevarecha Adonai ve Yishmerecha Yair Adonai Panavelecha ve Yihunecha Yisadonai Panavelecha we are Shalom. The Lord blesses you and keeps you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you and is gracious unto you the lord bestows favor upon you and gives you his peace 
Amen. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen.